we will be resuming in another five minutes, so we're asking you please to eat quickly. <laughs> the food was excellent. Tamar, we want to give you a loud hand of applause. Tamar is a big fool. Tamar, your husband is on his way. <laughs> right from Jamaica. One love from Jamaica. We'd like to do a shout out for the people in Houston. Say hallelujah. For the people in Dallas, praise the Lord. For the people from Jamaica, shout. What are we going to say? Yeshua, your man. Yeshua Mashiach, your man. One love Jamaica. Good day, Aya. We in the house. May I try to add the part where I don't have to learn it better than that. Me say the Jamaica name Do you understand that? <laughs> We have Dallas in the house. Another praise the Lord. And Tamar, you did an excellent job. Wow, the food was delicious. It was awesome. The chicken was great. The rice and peas torn up. You cooked with love. Surely goodness and mercy will follow you for the rest of your days. And your boys, I decree, decree and declare that boys is on his way. We're going to pray for her when that is concerned. But ladies and gentlemen, the Holy Spirit is here. It's praise and worship time. Where we're going to shout. We're going to take heaven here. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. As it is on earth. So we're going to bring the heavens right here. One year. NLH. Nero. Love. Hearken. Holy Spirit, we thank you so much. For the such a sumptuous meal. Now it's time to praise you. We're going to shout. We're going to get out of our seats. So if you have any heels. You'll have to take it off. Because we're going to go right up to the top, top, top. Right into the corridors of heaven. Praising the almighty. Yeshua. Yahweh. Elohim. Adonai. My king of kings. My creator. El Gabor. All of them. Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Titskenu, Jehovah Shama, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Nisi. What's the other Jehovah in the house? Let's hear it. Jesus, the Holy Spirit is here. I can feel him. Holy Spirit. So we're going to go right into our praise and worship. Ladies and gentlemen, this praise is, is so different. It will take you to higher heights and deeper depth into the Lord. So my sister, it's over to you. We're going to collect... We're going to go right into praise and worship. Get up off of your feet now. Let's stretch and stretch to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We give him praise. Amen. Amen. We bless him. Amen. We bless him. Amen. We bless him. Amen. We bless him. I could care less if the mic works or if the mic doesn't work. I can care if the roof is here or if the roof is not here. I can care if the chairs are here or the chairs are not here. I know that he's in the house. And the scripture says, oh, how good it is for the brethren to dwell in unity. So when you come into a place, because you know there are many churches, there are many buildings where the church is not inside. I don't know if you've experienced it, but I unfortunately have experienced it many times. So when I step in, it doesn't matter what it looks like, even though this is beautiful, but when the church is on the inside, 
I'm done. I'm taken care of. I'm well good. I'm fed. I'm fed. I'm fed. I didn't physically eat yet because I wanted to just empty out so that I could fill up. Empty out so I could fill up. Because he's so good. He's so sweet. He's so wonderful. And he does all things well. So if we never get a chance to exchange names, just know that I'm your sister in Christ that you have just met. Amen? That's good enough for me. Good enough for you? Bless the Lord. We're going to start off with just a praise song. Someone was saying the other day on the phone, they said, yeah, I praise him for this, I praise him for that, I praise him for this. I said, amen, amen. I said, but I love to just worship. He said, the trees praise him. And I don't think the trees praise him because if they had mouths, well, then you can, we could blow back and forth. They praise him for who he is. That's when I got my breakthrough. When I began to praise him just because he is, everything else was in its proper place. So this song says, you can turn to your neighbor and we can even warm the place even warmer. It says, come on and bless the Lord with me. Amen. I'm so glad to have my son Ryan in the house. We met Ava and so many other sisters in the family a few years ago. And I was telling some of the sisters in the car, I remember like it was a year of a year before I met her that God said, you're, going, you're getting ready to meet part of the body that you've never met before. And it is what I asked him because I grew up under the formalities and I couldn't find him in it. And I began to doubt and wonder. And at one point I said, if I'm going to be on this journey, there's got to be a reason. There's got to be something more. There's got to be something sub substantial to it. And he began to tear walls down, formality walls down. And so, no, I really don't care. I love, but I really don't care. I love, but I really don't care. Amen? So the song says, Come on and bless the Lord with me. Come on and bless the Lord with me. Come on. Come on and bless the Lord with me. Come on. Come on and bless the Lord with me. Sing it again. Come on. Come on and bless the Lord with me. Come on, don't be shy. Come on now. Put your body into it. Come on. Come on. Come on and bless. Come on and bless the Lord with me. Lift your voice and sing Come on and wave your hands with me. Come on and wave your hands with me. Tell your neighbor, come on. Come on and wave your hands with me. That's it, that's it. Come on and wave your hands with me. Sing hallelujah.
sing, come on and do your dance. Come on and do your dance with me. Come on and do your dance. So I invite you to get even a little closer, amen? To step in where you may not have been or where you may not have been since five minutes ago. It's fresh bread. It's fresh. It's right out of the oven. So we give it to you, Daddy. Because you deserve it. Yeah. You see me and you love me. I'm so grateful. It's where I lose my posture. It's where I just come to you. Come on, call him. Say, Abba. Yeah. 
strength say Abba to him we're going to welcome Sister Sherry as she exhorts us. Sisters and brothers, Abba yeah. I see, I, I, I see Father, that's how I call him, I see Father sitting in the midst with his, in Jamaica we say cutting tail. You understand what that means? Hallelujah. We just want to bless him tonight. We just want to thank him for his presence. We just want to thank him 
for being with us and we want to thank you for the signal moment. The signal moment. We want to thank him that he has chosen each and every one of us to be here tonight. In years to come, brethren, in years to come, you're going to say, I was a part of this wonderful move that God has made. I was sitting together in that room with the Holy Spirit, with the three in one, welcoming his presence and giving him thanks for what he has done. What a God. What a God. We are witnesses to this fact. We are witnesses to this fact. Ava called me a couple weeks ago and said, because what I'm going to just share with you now, by God's help, by the power of the Holy Spirit, Ava called me a couple weeks ago and she said, Cheryl, I need to, she just said, I needed to have two speakers and I needed to do a five minute. She didn't say exhortation, she said, we need to speak. And I, um, I said, okay. And I was only able to do that without reservation. My heart didn't even, in Jamaica, it says skip a beat. You know what that means? It didn't even skip a beat. Why? I soon tell you why. But God is good. His mercy is everlasting and His truth endureth to all generations. So we just want to give him thanks tonight as he reveals his word that he has for us. And I'm convinced that he gave me this word because that has been the theme since we've been here. So Father, we just want to bless your name. We want to lift you up again, God, because we can't lift you up too much. God, we love you. We thank you for your holy presence, Lord God. We thank you that you love us, Lord. And we thank you, God, that we get to be here. It is a privilege to be here. And we thank you, Lord, for considering us to be a part of this privilege. We give you thanks, Lord. And Lord, as we're about to open your word, God, Holy Spirit, you promise. You tell us, Lord, in your word, that you, Lord, will reveal, reveal it to us. Whatever, Lord God, you have told us, Lord, you will bring it back to our remembrance. And Lord, it is in your word, Lord God, that you will bring, Lord, you will reveal yourself to us. So we give you thanks, Lord, for this opportunity. And we open our hearts, open our minds, open our spirits, Lord, to hear from you and you alone. Lord, we are listening to thee, what hath thou to say to us? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you have your tablets, because I don't see any Bibles, those who have their Bibles, because I want us to end up going to read scripture tonight. I don't know, I ask Abba how long we have to stay. Because I don't know how long the Lord going to be. I have no idea. I am not a regular speaker. The Lord asked me to be here today and I turn up. So I don't know if it's going to be short or long. <laughs> I see somebody looks scared. Yeah. But no, don't be. 
It's Exodus. We're looking at Exodus. If you have your Bibles, I want us together to enter into this scene. Brethren, we're going to enter into this scene together. Exodus chapter 14, verses 1 through to 18. I will read, but if you have your Bibles or your what you have, your devices, follow on. Exodus chapter 14, 1 through to 18. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites to turn back and encamp near Pi-Hathiroth. I've been trying to practice these but God help. Between Migdal and the sea. They are to encamp by the sea directly opposite Baal, Zaphon. Pharaoh will think the Israelites are wandering around the land in confusion, hemmed in by the desert. <coughs> and I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them. But I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all his army, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites did this. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about them and said, What have we done? We have let the Israelites go and have lost their services. So he had his chariot made ready and took his army with him. He took 600 of the best chariots along with all the other chariots of Egypt, <coughs> sorry, with officers over all of them. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, so that he pursued the Israelites who were marching out boldly. The Egyptians, all Pharaoh's, the Egyptians, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots, horsemen and troops, pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they camped by the sea near P. Harriot, opposite Baal Zephon. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up. And there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone? Let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than die in this desert. Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. <coughs> the Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them and I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army through his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen, the word of the Lord. Amen. Brethren, 
I don't know about you, but as I was reading this, so many things was, were jumping out at me. And it was, it, it was kind of hard to, to focus. And I said, Lord, what is it you want me to say to us this evening? What do you want to say to us this evening? And what came to mind was, what now, God? What now, God? New life horizon. What now, God? This is year one. You have taken us here. Where do we go? We are at the Red Sea. What now, God? And there are times I know we would want to look back. I said, well, it's probably easier to go to Egypt. But guess what? Egypt has been destroyed, so let's move forward. <laughs> there is no looking back. Egypt, done. I'm, I'm so used to speaking Malingua when I get comfortable. No. The Lord has to help me with this thing. Yes, um, we have to leave Egypt behind because we're looking forward. So what we need to know, the thing is, I wanted to, I'm sure all of us here has a background of where the Israelites came from to this point. They didn't come out very willingly, right? And I remember one of the things came to me was how God sweetened the pot. They were coming, they were moving faster, one speaker said. They were moving faster than they could think, you know what I mean? Because they had to be moving quickly to, to, to get out. And they were like, where are we going? Why are we going? Because really and truly, the persons who were there at the time, they didn't know anything else about the slavery. And they were used to it. It's generations upon generations, or 400 years, 400 odd years. But when God makes a promise, we have to know the God we serve. That he does not go back on his word. He does not go back on his word. So let us keep that in mind. He doesn't go back on his word. So when, what now God? The Lord gave Abba a word. Some time ago. And the journey has been rough getting here. For her even, you know, for even her accepting that word. It's like Moses. You remember the word that escaped? All the excuses that Moses gave the Lord. And then he even, he reached a point where he said, okay, I will give you an ear on them. Since you say you can't talk. You know what I mean? And all of that. But the Lord has taken her this far. And it is about, the Lord has taken her this far. When, Abba was, when the Lord gave her the, the vision or he gave her that thing in her stomach that she knew she couldn't shake. And you'd wonder, when God gives us things, most of the times when he gives us, um, a, he gives us a word, he, he may give us by prophecy or we, we get a dream or we get up and we just know. We have the know, the, you know, that this is so. We read the word and it is our spirit that this is so. Whatever way she got it. Most times, when it is God's, God's way for us to go, it usually is never what we want. 
that is that's one of the sure way you know you know that is God's way because it's it's way out of our comfort zone. So it's only God could make it happen. It's only God could make this happen. It's only God could turn Abba from a straight 180 because she was nowhere near here. So. Only God. And then, what made it even more powerful that is God? God took her to Texas. The male-dominated Texas. So if you're going to look at it in the flesh, wow. The mega church Texas, wow. What am I doing here, God? It would have been easier in New York or wherever else. Why here? Because I am going to do this thing. Can you imagine? Thousands and thousands and thousands of people coming out. It, it see it blow your mind, doesn't it? When the children of Israel were coming out of Egypt and Pharaoh let them go, let them go and realize, what is this that I did? But the thing is, God had a plan. Yes. And we may not be able to have seen the plan. And that's what as Christians, as his children, we must realize. That when we say yes to Father, we have given up what we want and it is his plan. It takes some of us longer than some to realize. But he's so, he, he, he's so patient with us. But we need to get there. If some of us get there at 10, good for us. Some of get us get there at 20. Some of us get there at 50. Some of us get there at even 80. Moses, but he can use you at whatever place you are. As long as you say, yes, Lord, I'm willing. That's the reason why I'm here tonight. I am no speaker. This is the second time I'm standing in front of a group of people to speak from the scriptures like this. I encourage people one-on-one. -on -one. I do not get up and speak in front of crowds or a group of people. But yeah, this is a family. I'm comfortable. But the thing is, I'm just saying, what God, when you say, God, I know you have a plan for me. He took me to the point where I realized that, hey, if you're going to move forward in life, I kept getting up every day and saying, Lord, I know you have a plan for me, but what is it? That's where we're going. What now, God? I said, what is it, Lord? You're not telling me nothing. I'm not hearing nothing. But God has brought me to the place, and I read this, I realized before, but then this was just confirming it. That it's right under your nose. Just like the children of Israel. As God's children, when we come to him and we say yes, as long as we are seeking him, as long as we desire to be in his presence, as long as we seek to know him more, we are walking in our purpose. Yes. The Lord brought that to me about two years ago through a sister named Abba. We, together we were growing through some time and I kept saying, God, I want to know I'm in my purpose. I want to know what is my purpose. And she said to me one day, she said, Cheryl, you're walking in your purpose. Every day, every day you get up and you you're walking with the Lord. You're walking in your purpose. It may seem simple. It was my aha moment. 
It was my aha moment. And then from then on, when opportunities come, I said, well, Lord, if I'm walking in my purpose, anything you're saying to me, that means I'm supposed to deal with the matter. Because if I don't, I'm going to be like the children of Israel wanting to go back to Egypt. I'm not moving forward because I don't trust you. That you have the power to empower me to do what you say you have me to do. No, the problem we have, the problem is that we want to see the end. Yes. But we have to know who we serve. Yes. That he knows the end from the beginning. And God, because I trust you, I'm coming towards the Red Sea. But God, I go towards the Red Sea, Father. I'm going towards the Red Sea, but I am trusting you. What did God say? It said, He said, you know, I read this thing. Only God knows how often I read this passage. Because there was something in there that was bothering me. When when God said to Moses, What, what, what are you crying to me for? Why are you crying to me? I said, God, oh, you mean Moses never said that to you, Father? Why you said that to him? He told the people that they must stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. But then I, hear him. I said, I can't imagine. He was saying that, but quivering in his Because he was a leader. He had to encourage them. And encouraging his spirit from what happened before, knowing that God is going to do the work. But then, because I was putting myself in his space, but just a while ago, I read it. I was reading it again through and realized the people actually called out to the Lord before they complained to Moses. And I see that all along and I read it several times. And I tell you, that's why we need to keep reading the word. And so he said, why are you crying out to me? But then I read back some more. I read back. And then I said, yes, God, I need... For to confirm this, Father already had given Moses what to work. Yes, man. He established. Yes. Moses forget. Yes. Forgot. <laughs> Moses forgot. Because yes. he established from the beginning, from the, from the commission, and he said. What is that in your hand? Father, the staff. He said, What is that in your hand? Lord God. And he said, To do the miracles and to, to, to move on. I am paraphrasing, but you know the word. That's what, so that's what it said. You know, so when he said, why are you calling out to me? That is what he meant. I already provided yeah. you need to do, to get by. Then the word came to me, there had no temptation us but taking us but such as is common to man. But God is able. We have to know the word. That's what's going to make us survive out there. This is what's gonna make us be victorious out there. When he 
you, we have to know who we serve first of all. And know that he has equipped us because he's not going to send us out there ill-equipped. But guess who are the best equipped persons? The people who feel most fear for their they cannot do anything. The people who feel that they cannot do anything. Those are the people the Lord wants to use because it means that he's going to get all the glory. You notice did you notice when we read the scripture what God said? He moved, first of all, he said, listen, okay, he diverted them enough just to get Pharaoh's attention. And that's another thing I need to say to you. That diversions are good when God is in it. I've experienced it. Diversions are good things when God is in it. So, let me keep because I don't want to. Right. So when um the, the, the people when they are diverted, right, he caused them to divert to fool um the, the Egyptians to let them think that hey, they can't go anywhere so that they would fall after them. Think about your own life. How many times have we been diverted and we think that Children of God, I say to you, this is something God has quickened my spirit. If we are his children, the word says, what is it about in um, Romans 8, 28? He didn't say so. I believe it. So even when you're in the den of the lions, all things it is because it has to come to the point where it's all or nothing for us that's where the all things coming up it has to come at the point where if I die I die Esther. so that is why all things work together because we don't know what, what God is going to do with this it's about him it's not about us you see how many times in here he speaks about I get in the glory. It's a serious thing, you know. We, as Christians, we take for granted how we push up ourselves and big up ourselves with the Lord. We have to take some serious stuff with that. It's God's business. It's about Him all the time. It's about Him getting the glory every time. And moment by moment, we need to be walking and saying, God, it's all about you. Yeah. All of you, Lord, and none of me. That's what he wants from us. Because when I read this thing, I said, God, look what you did. Just, not just to get the glory, but for, for the Egyptians to, you know, look at this massive thing. Can you imagine the Red Sea experience? Can you imagine the Red Sea experience? I am God. Just for them to see that, hey, you don't mess with me. I am God. And if I say I'm moving my people, I'm moving my people. People, can we trust that God? Can we trust him with our lives? Can we trust him with our lives? That the God that when we say God what no, 
Probably tomorrow, even you even know what next slide. But God, they gave me the vision them, and I believe it. So I take my incremental steps. Wow. Hold what is in my hand. I'm going to use what's in my hand now. Yes. And as I use it, guess what? If you don't use what's in your hand now, we know. You ain't getting nothing else. I'm sure you all understand that. You're not getting anything else. You have to use what you're given now so that you can move ahead. And you see, because I want to move and I keep saying, Lord, I want to grow in you. Oh, you're going to grow. How are you going to grow if you don't get up off your comfortable bottom? How else? When, and how, you know, when you ask God for things, He presents what? Give me the word. Opportunities. Opportunities. This. This is a small fellowship now, and I know it's going to grow leaps and bounds in no time. You want to be a part of it? Get going. It, it lacks nothing. There is no lack. If at this juncture, there are only two or four persons that come here regularly, there is no lack. Because Christ is here. And whatever needs to be done, those four people are equipped to do it. I am convinced of that from the word. What's in your hand? What's in your hand? People, stop. Let us stop wasting. Can I? Can I? Can, can I? I see um, somebody looking at me and I, and I love her with all my heart. She don't know my love. I just have a special love for this woman. Rifa. Yeah, me just love you. Me say so all the time. There is just something I don't know. I just love you, my sister. And I'm going to, I, I'm going to, she, it's hard not to use my Jamaican language because it's a nice. I'm going to bust on her. Meaning, I'm going to tell a story on her. <laughs> my dear sister you know she's shy and all of us feel as if we can't do certain things but God has created an opportunity and my dear sister has been sharing has been like myself has been sharing with others from the word of God. I don't believe that she thought that that could happen. But the opportunity came. And she probably reluctantly like Moses and most of us. Was you know afraid. But she took the step. And she's getting stronger and stronger. Till now she's looking forward to it. That's the only way. We have to come out of our comfort zone go back, and read, go back and read the scripture again with poor brother Moses comfortable with him sheep you know old man now having like a wife and everything comfortable and this mama task oh goodness God we're never too young we're never too old I need to share this with you when I was 15, I'm never, I'm never ever shy of sharing my age. 
Because I think it, it, it is such a, an opportunity and signal thing to glorify God. Four, ten, ten years is a decade? Exactly four decades ago. And while I was preparing this, the Holy Spirit reminded me, because I wasn't thinking about it, it just reminded me I was in the bathroom one morning and it reminded me. When I was 15, I was a church girl. God bless my sweet, sweet, sweet mother, still alive, 87, going strong. I grew up in church. And I remember at about 14, the, some, uh, uh, an elder, she, she, she um, pointed me out and she, she made me um, youth fellowship president at church. Knees buckle, everything. And it was challenging. It was challenging. But can I tell you? I remember and I never went to university. You know, like leaving school, I went in straight to university. And I tell you, I've always gotten excellent jobs. Excellent jobs. And people would say to me, which university did you go? It's like the Lord was showing you up. And I said, you're such an excellent leader. How did you know so-and-so? I say, Gregory Cott Baptist Church University. <laughs> Believe me, brethren. And then I look and I said, God has been teaching me from those days. I need to share with you the first time I stood in front of a group of people. Then she said, because about a year after being youth fellowship president, very challenging, but... I grew leaps and bounds through it. We, have, we used to have youth Sunday, and she said, you're preaching this Sunday. Me, preach, God, you serious? You know, um, Abba said something to me, and I think it just came to my mind. I really used to, I used to read the Bible a lot as a young Christian. Whether whether I understood it or not, especially I used to love the Old Testament. Oh, because the stories. I used to read the Bible a lot. Um, and I remember, I don't remember what I spoke about this Sunday, but this one thing I remember. When I was agonizing there and feeling so inadequate, I said, Lord, what is this? That time, I was really nervous. I said, God, what is this? How am I going to do this? I don't know when and how the Bible turned to Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 6. I don't know. Jeremiah, you want me to read it for you? Jeremiah 1, verse 6. Verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Ah, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am only a child. I was 15. And I said, is it in Jeremiah 2? He said, oh, it's same. And then he said, open your mouth and I'll fill it with words. Yes, it continues. And I said, okay, Lord. And then he reminded me of that this week. What a God. People, brethren, let's just let go and let God. That's the only way forward. Out 
Walter Dati going back to Egypt and Egypt Marshall. Even in today, I have some Egyptians I work with, and somebody was he was talking, one of them was talking to somebody and saying, Oh, you know, he's gonna go back home, he's gonna do so and so, and then he's gonna go back home. So the person said to him, Where? To Egypt? Even today, Egypt Marshall. That's what he said. There's nothing there. So anytime you feel like going back, remember that Egypt Marshall. We're moving forward. What now, God? What now, God? Trusting you. And when we, when we ask a lot for things, know that he hears us. So we don't speak. We don't just open our mouths and say anything because he hears us. If we believe that when we pray the Lord hears us, then we have to be careful of what we say. Because he doesn't, he doesn't backtrack like us. You know? He doesn't. The Lord reminded me of this, um, this, this, this song that we sing all the time. And I had a pastor who he, he's passed now. And he said, I remember he said, I never forgot it. He said, most churches, sorry, most churches have a graveyard at the front door. Sorry. Most churches have a graveyard at the, at the front door. Because when people hear the word, they go and they bury it right there. It doesn't go any further. We can't afford for that to happen now. The Lord soon come. Who know that? We say we're hearing it all the time, but if we're reading the Bible, the signs are there. We don't have any time for that. Let this word germinate. Let it fall on good soil. Move. When God says move, what no God? This song came to me. Don't remember it now. I have to find the paper that I wrote it on. Listen to the words that we sing all the time. Do we really mean it? Here I am. Here I stand. Lord, my life is in your hand. Listen. Think about it. Lord. I'm longing to see your desire revealed in me. Lord, I'm longing to see your desire revealed in me. Who know that um, most of us here would probably would know Jeannie. On the TV? No, probably not. I forget it's Jamaica. Um, and it's not a Jamaican show, but you know, we show different things. And it she just come and ding, ding, ding. Genie. I dream of genie. No, the Lord doesn't do that. He works with our will. So it's as we say yes to him and we move forward towards the Red Sea. Never say we move forward to a nice thing looking nice and pretty, you know. But moving towards the Red Sea is moving with God because, you know, he's with you. 
It's not always going to be looking pretty, but he's with us. If we're longing to see his desire in us, we say we give ourselves away. Think about it. We sing it all the time. So you can use me. My life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself away. I give myself to you. Okay, yeah. Let us really think about these words when we sing them. Let us really think about these words when we sing them. So, my brethren, I leave it with you in the name of Jesus. What now? that you did not know would have been possible. What do you say to God when he calls you and you say no and he says he waits? What do you say when everything in you want to do something different but God is insisting that this is the way I should take you? What do you say? I thought I stand here Cheryl, you know how confused I am. I have nothing to say. And I'm shy. <laughs> but tonight, I just want to thank the Lord. Thank him first and foremost for choosing me when I thought I wasn't worthy. I was like the Moses. I have a lisp. I cannot pronounce S's. And I could give God. I said, God, you cannot trust me. You cannot trust me with people. My mother is the one who is loyal, not me. And so, I, am, I can understand when Moses would have said no, or Jeremiah would have said, I'm a child. And you have your own excuses. God, you cannot use me. Or God, even the gift that you're giving me is not the gift that I want because I don't think I can use it well. God is saying to you, know my child, I gift those that I call. And so in 2012, I was doing my devotion and yes, here I am Lord, it is I Lord, I have heard you calling through the night, I will go Lord, those were my songs. I give myself away so that you can use me. Song that I sang out of ignorance, not understanding the implications of giving yourself to the God. And so I consecrated myself. I said, God, here I am. 
do whatever you want to do. I will go where you wanted me to go. I will say, my friend Ruth was beside me in church when I said, Lord, I will go where you want me to go. And I will say what you wanted me to say. I did not understand that shortly after God was going to say, yes, I am ready to send you where I want you to go. And so in 2012, I was doing my devotion. And I sensed the Lord say to me, I needed to go to New York. Going to New York for me, I'm being honest, and I'm sorry for the Americans in the room, meant going to exile. I'm being honest. It felt I was being led into captivity. I was giving up the familiar. I was giving up what I was comfortable doing. I was working, I had kids in university. And that is what I, I wanted to be in Jamaica. And so I bargained with God and I said, God, I declare there are times when God speaks to show the enemy. Because only the enemy would want to take me from Jamaica and take me here. And so I said, Lord, I prayed. And within two weeks, I was in New York. And then you think if God calls you to leave your comfort zone, he has something better, right? In what you consider better. And so I came to New York. And I sat for weeks and months and I cried. I bawled. I said, God, no job. I love security. And money is security. I cried. No money. I'm sitting on my mother. Imagine an old woman like me sitting on your mother, depending on your mother to support. And my mother, being the wise woman that she is, the Jamaican that she is, how could God send you to New York? When you have children in school and there's no job. But what do you say when you don't know? And then when, what made it worse, the more I prayed, the more I cried, is the more I know that this is where I'm supposed to be. And so God gave me two scriptures, Psalms 23 and Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you. And many times we quote, um, Jeremiah 29 because it is used to encourage us to, for I know the plans and as I read that I, I, I remember that different points in my life because when I was supposed to move to Texas for I know the plans was not the next scripture again he came back to me with that scripture he knew the plans that he had for me seven months after being in New York not working can you believe it not working with two kids in university and we don't get scholarships. We don't have financial aids. We are foreigners, so we have to pay. And God, seven months, I sent the Lord say to me, go to seminary. Seminary? Oh no. My grandparents were poor pastors. That's not my plan. But I yielded and I met with my mentor at the time was my pastor and I was so hoping that he would say you are not hearing right <laughs> but instead he actually kept me the entire day he took me for lunch and he spoke and he prayed and he spoke for the entire day he had me I was really hoping he would have said no and when I applied I was really hoping for them to say the deadline had passed <laughs> and I got through 
I came to the United States with just a regular visa. So I was not legally here initially. Yeah? So just think about the immigrants that are here. Some of them are here because God sent them here. It's not the American dream they're chasing. And I came, started seminary. And how do you pay for seminary? Because you remember I said, we do not get financial aid. And God provided a job for me to be an aide. And in the Jamaican culture, we look down on being an aide. Especially if you think you're above it and you're full of pride like the way I was. And I worked with a woman who became like a grandmother later. And through working with her, I learned, I learned, because I'm still learning how to be humble. Marlene taught me that an apple can be had four times. You don't have to eat it once, at once. She taught me that in order to eat an Irish potato, it has to fit in the palm of your hands. And if it was bigger than the palm of your hand, it was too big for you to have. She taught me a lot. And despite what you had, or where you think you're coming from, when God is using you, he has to strip you. Because you're not usable until he can strip you and pour himself in. That's how I learned Marlene became one of my favorite persons. I don't think a week goes by without I mention, I mention Marlene. No, Marlene is dead. In 97, well, she died at 95, which was a Jewish woman. But my first encounter with a Jewish woman who didn't know God. And so I moved to Texas after graduating from seminary. God provided my tuition through Marlene. Marlene paid my way through school. When I graduated, I graduated without a debt. Because that was God's plan. Eh? He said, for I know the plans I have for you. And the plans does not mean that you're going to walk a road that is full of what we call joy or happiness. It was a moment, it was many days of crying, Lord, why me? You know the why me? Why me? Why me? Why me? And so when Kurt, then another time I remember I got married, Kurt moved to Texas. Two weeks later, I had to be in Texas. I wanted to be in New York, because then I accepted New York as home. And Texas for me is the Wild West. Something you see in the Western movies that you will never go. And God brought me to Texas. And I really wanted to work in a church to be a support. I think I, I personally, I wanted to be a support. I wanted to work in a ministry and support the past and the past that would shine. And I went to MacArthur Church. And I was comfortable. I met people there and I was comfortable. And then, Kirk wanted to go to one, and I went to one community church, and I was fine, perfect, serving, fine. But I felt like the Lord was saying to me, this is not where I want you. It was so hard, because that is where I wanted to be. That's so why I said that God was saying to me, I wanted to go and to plant new life, because prior to that, let me back up. In 2014, we had our first 
retreat that I sensed God was saying to me. And I said, God, I am new to the United States. Where am I going to get people from to go to a retreat? You were there. Both of you were there. Because it's the first time I met you then. And God allowed it to happen. And so we started a ministry called New Life Horizon Ministry. And out of that, we were only going to be doing retreats. And so for fast forward, you know, when the I sense the Lord was telling me to do the to come to plant a church. Because prior to that, in seminary, all my classmates knew that I was going to plant a church. It was a running thing. You're going to plant a church. And you know what I found funny? It was the men who were insisting that I was going to plant a church. Because when I have to when I call back to say what you were saying was right, then nobody was surprised. They said we knew. We saw you and we saw planting the church all over you. And I did what the Lord said to do last year, February the 11th. Only out of obedience, because I say, Lord, I will do what you tell me to do. But my heart wasn't in it. I would wish every week that something would go wrong. I wished every week that the Lord would change his mind and say, no, you never heard me correctly. Because I wanted to be a support. And so we started New Life Horizon. And what I realized, for every time the Lord is taking me to a place, Jeremiah 29 comes back, for I know the plans I have for you. And if you know the history or the background of Jeremiah 29, Jeremiah 29 is a, contains about two letters. One written to the exiles who went into captivity and another to, the, to, the, to those who stayed back in Jerusalem. There were people of Judah who were in disobedience, rebellion, and they were idolatrous. They were worshipping other gods based on what the surrounding nations were doing. And God was sending his word through the prophets. Jeremiah, for instance, was 23 years and he was saying, come back to me. Come back to me. Repent and come back to me. But the people refused to listen. And so when you think of Jeremiah 29, for I know the plans I have for you. God is talking to people who are in captivity, who are rebellious, who are disobedient. So before you take it and apply it to your heart, Remember who it was written to. Rebellious, idolatrous people. And so when God said to them, for I know the plans I have for you. In essence, what God was saying to them, I have, because he didn't say I know the plan. He said, I know the plans I have for you. It shows that God has plans for his children, no matter your circumstances. And some of us are in situation because of our pride and he has to strip us. For some of us it's disobedience. For some of us it's sin. And anywhere you are, don't think it's because you're innocent. It's because God is teaching us something. And so when God said, for I know the plans I have for you. He's saying to you, you mentioned it. He said, I formed you. Psalm 139 speaks about the God who knows you intimately. He knows you from the inside. He knows everything about you. So think about it. So as innocent as you are, 
or whatever you're going through, you aren't innocent. God is doing a work in you. For I know the plans I have for you. And when God said, I know the plans I have, it is revealing three things. God has a plan for every one of you seated here. God's plan also reveals his promises that he's making to you. I have plans to prosper you even in the midst of your struggle. He was not taking them out of captivity. He was doing it to them in captivity. He was preparing. He said, build houses and marry. Plant vineyards and do everything you need to do because this is where you're going to be. Bloom where you're planting. Don't be too, don't be too quick out of where you are. God is saying to you, I can do for you in the midst because I'm stripping you. I am developing character in you. I am strategically positioning you for where I'm taking you. And so if God reveals this purpose, he's saying also, my plan is also to reveal your purpose. Yes, what is in your hand, Sheryl? You cannot speak. I will show you that you can speak. I was in the shower when he dropped Dr. Olive and you, Cheryl, in my spirit. They are to be the ones highlighted tonight. They are to be involved. We never even were pushing what we we're going to be doing later. But God knew. And so God is saying to you, I have plans for you because I know you. I know where you have been. I know where you are. And I know where you are going. And no matter what you face or are facing. You know what he's saying in, in essence God is saying? No nation, no force was big enough to take the Israelites into captivity. And he's saying the same thing to you. There's nothing or no one big enough or, or forceful enough to take you through what you're going through. It is I, God, who is bringing you through it. Why? Because I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you. And how do we prosper? Do we think prosperity is only financial? No, no. Prosperity when you're developed and the Christ-like side of you start to shine out. And what he sees in himself, sees in you is himself and says, there goes my daughter. There goes my son in whom I'm well pleased. Just stop and think where you are. Where are you? Because God said, I know the plans I have. Where are you? Are you struggling? Or are you rejoicing? Because wherever you are, he's saying, live there. Actually, he said to them, don't be fooled. And do not believe the lie of the prophet, the false prophet, who say to you, within two years, this is going to be over. No, no, no. He said, 70 years. Because I know the appointed time. I know the ex expected end for your problem. And so when God brought me to Texas, I rebelled. Kirk, life was a little messed up because I rebelled. Every Sunday, I remember we were going to, to one community. I would be complaining initially because I didn't want to be in Texas. 
I said, you came to Texas, you didn't discuss it with me. You applied for a job, you got the job, and when you're moving it, and I complained. But God knew that Texas is where I needed to be. Because you know what Texas taught me? Texas taught me to be humble. Texas taught me, because coming out of, well, I'm going to assume it's a black culture, that we're told to be independent. And God says, no. My kingdom is an upside down kingdom. You depend on me. And you interdepend on others. And so God is saying, I know the plans I have for you. And so being in Texas for me was God's plan. It was never my plan. But God knew what would do, what would accomplish his purpose more than bringing me into exile, into captivity. And he knows to get his people to repent when there is nobody else. He brings them into captivity. And he said, when you have cried out, when you have repented and you cry out to me, I will hear you. So where are you? You think your problem is hard and all the people you're blaming for what you're going through? Think about it. The terrible neighbors you have. The awful spouses that we have. The bad bosses that we have. God is saying, no, I have a plan for you. And so the situation that you're in did not take God by surprise. So stop praying it away. Stop praying it away and say, Lord, allow me to learn what I need to learn in this season. Jeremiah 29, 11 is my third time because it is what he gave me for, the, for, the, for this anniversary again. So clearly there's something for me to learn. I fought. I said, God, this is not what I want. But I surrendered a week ago and I said, Lord, I'm done fighting. And the moment I said that is as if I cannot explain what happened. But there's something that happened to me. I was saying to, to, to Cheryl and Karen today that the responsibility is like I start to think differently. I start to think with me like I became responsible. I start to think differently. I recognize that I am not a Sunday Christian. Because God showed me, he said, when you are called to be a leader, you cannot dictate what part of your life people follow. So being a leader means you lead Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, not even nobody looking, you're leading yourself. For I know the plans I have for you. And so being a part of new life, I'm saying to the Lord, Lord, here I am. To Cheryl, here I am. And God has given us an opportunity to create vision, to create opportunities and settings where people will connect with him. Where people will come to accomplish their purpose by knowing his plans and his promises. And that's what God has called us to do. And when you understand your purpose, 
Not because the world is saying you need to know your purpose, but it's a purpose that is understood through God's plan and through God's promises. Then you understand God's heart. And so wherever you are and whatever God has called you individually to do, stop. Stop fighting. You are never too small for God to use. And if you think you're too big for him to use, onion stripping is coming. But I'm asking you tonight to just remember being in exile is not always bad. Going through struggles is not always bad. It's part and parcel of the journey. It's about getting stronger in God, not in you. It's about allowing God to be God. It's about giving Him opportunity to drive and to lead so that you can follow. And so God is saying to all of us this evening, I have, for I know the plans I have for you. In the midst of good times and hard times, and some of us are either in it now, coming out of it, or going into it. That's a part of growth. And the moment you change your perspective to understand that life in itself, whether you're a believer or not, comes with struggles. And worse if you're a believer, God says, I punish, I discipline those who I love. I discipline those who are mine. I discipline you. He said, endure hardship and discipline. And it comes in different forms. For I, God, know the plans I have for you, Sister Frida, Apostle Frida. Plans to prosper you. Plans not so that you won't be harmed. And being harmed for God is that even if you lose a leg, you're not harmed because your soul and your spirit is still saved. And we're holding on to the trappings of life. And God is saying, no. I have plans for you. And so this evening, I just want to encourage you where you are. And I thank you for coming to join us. I'm thanking you for coming to celebrate with us. I didn't know that a year would have been possible. Because I was giving up. I, I gave up from before I started. But God was faithful. And so Lord, I thank you. That when we are faithless and unfaithful, you remain faithful. That when we cannot see because we are, we are limited in our mind's eye, you have a vision, a peripheral vision. You have the ability to see far beyond. You can see the end and you can see the beginning. And so, Lord, I pray for everyone represented here tonight. Lord, there's a plan that you have for every person seated here.
you have a plan that will strategically position them where they need to be. So where you are living is not by choice or chance. Where you work is not by choice or chance. What you're undergoing is not by chance. God is saying, I have even handpicked your problems. I've handpicked your struggles. I've handpicked your hardship. Because I know the plans I have for you. And so, Father, I thank you today. I just pronounce a blessing. A blessing over your people today. I thank you, Father God, that even as you work in their lives, they are seeing you in a different way. They are not crying from a place of hopelessness or from a place of self-pity, but they are saying, yes, though the fig tree does not bud, Yet will I trust you. Though the grapes, there are no grapes on the vine. Yes, will I trust you. Though there are no cattle in the stall, yet will I trust you. Though there are no food in the field, yet will I trust you. Though there are no cattle in the stall, God, yet will I trust you. And the Father caused us to be a people who see through your eyes that feels and, and, and have the wisdom of Christ to see life and to respond to life the way you would have responded. Cause us to be a people, God, who say yes, not because we are emotional, but yes from a place of saying yes with logics, yes with the desire and the determination to go through what life will bring, what you would have brought us. God, we thank you. And the Father, I, I personally thank you for choosing me. You could have chosen many, but you chose to choose me. You knew the limitation that I had in my mind, Lord. You knew I struggled with a lisp. You knew I struggled, Father God, in pronouncing words. You knew I struggled, but yet you chose me. And so, Father, I thank you this evening. And for my sisters and my brothers who sit here this evening with all the excuses and say, God, you cannot use me because of. Lord, show them tonight that it is you who work. And all you're asking us to do is to be available and willing. And so, Father, we just bless you. And we give you thanks. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So this evening I just want to give you guys a token. I'm going to call my husband Kirk and my friend Karen to come.
This is my husband. This is for for I know the plans I have for you, husband. <laughs> So when we started, there's some, well, some two other persons that are not here. There are two persons who believed, three persons who believed in what God was calling us to do when, we, when I wasn't believing. My mother is one of them. And so my mother, I want to honor you. So come. So when I shared with my mother, my mother was one of them who were afraid of the Lord calling me because she, she, she knew poverty. She saw it in her parents and she was afraid that her daughter would be poor. But I am poor and rich at the same time. She said, you know what, she just wanted to be ready to give us. This is for you, my husband. Thank you for being there. Thank you that through the moment of my rebellion, you stood strong. You kept your ground. You decided that this is where we're going to be. Whether you want to rebel or not, this is where we're going to be. And so thank you for standing your ground when I was trying to wear you down. And so I want to honor you. I want to honor you as my husband. I want to honor you as my priest. And so just thank you for your invaluable contribution and assistance in making this ministry by coming alongside me. Because any, any, any Sunday I don't feel like preaching as a Kirk. Do you have a message? And he's always ready. So thank you. There's a friend of mine who sensed the Lord was telling her to be a part of new life and so she left Maryland mm. and she drove down. Mm. Come my friend Anne. She gave up the familiar to come to be a part of something that could have possibly stopped because the person God has calling didn't, didn't accept it. And thank you. New life couldn't have been the same without her. Right. Okay, he wants to do this. Go ahead. Mm. Well, 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 well. This one. This person is so dear to my heart because. You know, when you talk about loyalty and when you expect someone to show up, even when the weather is, what, what was the weather again? What time? 27 degrees. Yeah, and um, I told my wife, no, she's coming. And she said, no, I don't, I don't see her. No, she's coming. Then, like 20 minutes later, tip, 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 tip. I was like, oh, sister, here's your seat. I know you'll be here. <laughs> Come, Sister Tamar. Oh, wow. 
And um, this is so weird because when we went to visit her and we pulled up to her place, there was a church next door, literally. like literally next door, and she drove how many miles? 20 something miles. <laughs> 30 miles. <laughs> Just to be with us every Sunday. And um, she was on that prepared food and she said um, she didn't need any help. She just know what to do. So, sister, thank you. May the Lord reward your faithfulness, your loyalty. Like, he will give you full access. Anything that you ask him. Anything that you... You say, Lord, I want this. I believe the Lord sees your heart. He is even showing us how to be faithful in the test. In the small beginnings. In the pulling up and setting up. We are expecting the Lord to show up. And I declare a blessing upon you, sister. That the Lord will extend your borders. He will cause your heart to be with him. That you will never feel alone. That you will walk with grace. That you will increase in your life. That you will be a beacon to your family. That you will be the light to your loved ones that you declare the word boldly he has given you visions he has declared unto you dreams it's for you to walk in it and not to shy anymore he's telling you the land is yours he's saying come to me call upon me I am there he said As all, I'm always waiting on you declare the word of the Lord so Lord we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And, um, I have one more thought. When I was upstairs, um, it won't be long. It was um, a thought of Praying for your sons. Praying for your sons. I said, no, that don't make any sense. Praying for your sons. And I say, brother Ryan here, he is the, the birthing of Sister Jennifer's prayer. Um, the, the pride and the, the heart to know that she's worshiping him and there is her son. Just think about when Mary saw Jesus being the one and she knew that this is the one. She said, here is my son. So what I want to ask of everyone here, even if you don't physically have a son, to pray for the son so that when we come and celebrate, we'll have the sons and the men with us in the sanctuary that no more will the churches be filled with women only. But the women, we will be the one to bring in the son. Because we, women understand what it means to birth something. Uh, women don't understand birthing and the pain. and the. But women understand 
even if you don't yet have a child, the birthing that comes out of you. So just remember to pray for our men, our sons, our brothers, and our fathers. That there will be a reconnection back to how it's supposed to be. So that the women can relax, knowing that the men will be there to carry the load. Because it's not it's not easy to be both father and mother. It is not easy. It is not what the Lord expected, but God still gives grace for the women to carry both. So we want to make sure that when we pray and come into his presence, that is something that we remind the Lord to bring back our sons. So as we come into his presence with Sister Jennifer, she's so anointed. We pray that our hearts will be open to receive the worship and to give God praise. So welcome Sister Jennifer. We continue to bless the Lord. Oh, we continue to bless the Lord. I thank God for, well, I won't hesitate. Amen. Where did they go? All right, amen. I'll speak when they, when they, what God said when they come back. Brother Song says, You are my strength. Strength like no other. Strength like no other. Reaches for me. You are my strength, strength like no other, strength like no other, reaches for me, sing you are my hope, you are my hope. Hope like no other reaches for me. Sing, you are my hope. You are my hope. Oh, yes, you are. Hope like no other. Hope like no other reaches for me in in the fullness of your grace in the power of your name you lift me up you lift me up 
grace in the power of your name you lift me Hear the music. 
in your spirit. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. Listen, it says, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. We have to remind ourselves sometimes. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Oh, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how, this is how I fight my battles. Can I just show you? This is how I fight my battles. Oh, this is how I fight my battles. When it comes against me, this is how I fight my battles. Oh, you see, it may look like, oh, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Oh, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. I don't know what the enemy sees, but it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Moses said, I can't speak. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Oh, this is how I fight my battles. Yeah, sing with me. This is how I fight my battles. Many nights, many nights, I'm right here, Lord. Say, this is how I fight my battles. To Pastor Abba and Apostle Kirk. Oh, yeah, this is how I fight my battles. Hallelujah. Then I cry, listen. I say, Abba, I belong to you. Oh, I sing, Abba. Remind yourself who you are. Sing to him, Abba. Come with me right now. Sing Abba, 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 Abba. I belong to 
there's nothing wrong with it but they say hey dad hi daddy the intimacy and that's what we need the intimacy the intimacy with our father crying Abba not necessarily because there's a problem but because he is our God he is our father he is our daddy and that relationship allows us to cry unto him Abba and remind ourselves we belong to him. Amen? Amen. So before we finish this part of our worship, the song says, The Lord is my light. The Lord is my light and salvation. Who shall I fear? Who shall I be afraid? The Lord is my light and salvation. Who, who shall I fear? Who shall I be? I will trust. 
I will trust in you. I will trust in you. I will trust in you. Sing the Lord. The Lord is my light and salvation. Who shall I fear? Who shall I be afraid? When he tells you, go sing. The Lord is my light and salvation. Who shall I fear? Who shall I be afraid? I will, I will trust in you. I will trust in you. And I will remain, and I will remain confident, confident in this. I will see the goodness of the Lord. We will remain, we will remain confident in this. We will see the goodness of the Lord. The Lord is our light and salvation. Sing it. Who shall we fear? That's it. And who shall we be afraid? The Lord. The Lord is our light and salvation. Who shall we fear? Who shall we be afraid? Say, I will trust in you. I will trust in you. I will trust in you. I will trust. I will trust in you. I will trust in you. I will trust in you. Sing again. I will trust. I will trust in you. Hey! I will trust. I will trust. trust in you, Lord. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, shall mount up with wings as eagles. Lord, let us mount from this day forward to the end of 2019 and beyond. It is time for the ordination service at this time. Dr. Olive James will be here and you will see Mr. and Mrs. Cameron ordained at this time. We give thanks to the Almighty. We give Him all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. Okay, he deserves the glory.
Good evening, everyone. And praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God is faithful. And I just want to acknowledge some of the members of my crew that came with me um, from Houston. We are a part of the Light of the World Church, but we're here representing home. Hefsiba Online Evangelistic Ministries, of which we have some brochures back there. You may help yourself later on. We are here to ordain your pastors Amen. under the leadership of the Holy Ghost. Um, Ava said she didn't want to come to Texas. Well, I wanted to come to Texas. And I didn't know where Texas was. And I said, I'm going, I was living in New York. And I said, I am going to move away far because there was so much drama going on in my family. And I said, I'm going to Texas. And this was in 1981, 82. And by eight, 1984, I moved, I was living in Texas. Not knowing, talking about God knowing the plans, he did. And now tonight I realize one of the reasons he brought me to Texas was so Ava could meet me. Amen. So, God, to God be the glory. sing the song if you know it.
Father God, we come to you tonight just with thanksgiving in our hearts. We want to lift up Ava and Kurt Cameron to you, Father God. We want to pray for the success of this ministry. We want to pray for the success of this godly couple, Father God. We come to you today just to say thank you for these two people. Thank you for these. You have some more disciples, Father God. We say thank you 
and Ava answered the call, Kurt answered the call, Father God, and all we can do is say thank you, and we ask that you bless them, bless the New Life uh, Horizon Ministry, Father God. Continue, we're going to continue to pray for this church, and we know with these two at the helm that this is going to be a successful story, Father God. We thank you for these two people. We thank you for this godly man and wife. We thank you, Father God, for Ava and Kurt. We lift them up to you, Father God, for your blessings. These and other blessings we ask in your holy name. Thank you, Father God. It is no wonder that the church is named New Life Horizon because he's taking in places new horizons. When we think of standing at the beach and looking out over the horizon, you haven't seen anything yet. You may have to ride some waves to get there, but you will, by God's grace, if you keep your hand in His, you will get there. New horizons. Second, Second Timothy? Not yet. You see my eyes? My eyes were good and nice and white up to yesterday. I woke up this morning and this is what you see, what I saw. But it's not anything physical. I just want you to know it's the vision of the church that the enemy is attacking. But we know there is nothing too hard for the Lord. You see, this had to be to where everybody could see it so you could understand what's happening in the spirit. But as we get on our knees, he says no weapon that is formed against us will prosper. It doesn't matter what form the weapon comes in. You declare those words. It cannot prosper in Jesus' name. The appointed time for the ordination has arrived with Kirk Cameron and Ava Cameron. Having satisfied all the requirements for ordination, the following questions will be asked and you will answer accordingly. Do you accept the Bible as God's inspired, infallible, immutable, 
indestructible and indispensable word. Do you understand the requirements, responsibilities, and realities that are about to be placed upon you by being ordained and set apart as an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you, are you ready and willing to accept and assume the responsibility to peruse, preach, and practice God's word with boldness, to minister to the needs of those to whom you are sent without partiality, and to give yourself sacrificially and without reserve to the educating, edification, and equipping of the body of Christ. Will you endeavor to be diligent in the study of God's word, instant and faithful in prayer, an example in Christian piety and discipline before your people and the community in order that your life may be a worthy Christian example and that upon your ministry the blessing of God may rest? Recognizing the sacred responsibility of your call and aware of your own human weakness, will you seek the leadership and empowerment of the Holy Spirit in order that you may be a faithful minister of him who has called you? I charge you to practice the word of God. I charge you to preach the word of God. At this time, Apostle Freedom at Night will pray the prayer of ordination. Unto you, Lord God, who's able to keep us from falling, Unto you, Lord God, who sits on the throne, and unto the Lamb, unto you, Lord God, who shall do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think unto you. We submit this ordination. We offer this ordination unto you, Lord God, our King, our Master, our Abba, our Daddy. We offer it unto you. These two, Mr. and Mrs. Cameron, King and Queen Cameron, Priest and Priestess Cameron, we offer them unto you because they're yours. And we trust you. We trust you with this ordination. We trust you. El Shaddai, we trust you, Elohim. We trust you, Yeshua HaMashiach. We trust you, Raha Odesh. We trust you with this ordination. In the name and the authority that's above every name, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, in the authority of the word that's above the name, we put 
present these two as your ordained vessels unto you in the name of the mighty God we serve. Amen. The Lord exercised special care for his church by appointing pastors. The office demands a uniquely qualified individual equipped with proper credentials. The pastor must be a godly man of irreproachable character, demonstrating truth, honesty, and general uprightness. To the public, a person of integrity among those who are not Christians if he or she is to reach them. No amount of ability, accomplishment, achievement, or activity will substitute in the eyes of the lost for the moral integrity of the pastor. pastor must lead the congregation in the ways of God. He shepherds the flock, watches lovingly over them. He is greatest in the kingdom of God, yet still a servant. He speaks to the saints from the word of God and speaks to the sovereign in prayer about the saints. A call to pastor includes the call to study, the call to be a soldier, the pastor teacher is a divine gift to the church. That's the profile of a pastor. And I will give you an ordination charge, 2 Timothy 1. 6 through 14. <clears throat> Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but power, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. But be thou partakers of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who have saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. But is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who have abolished death and have brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and
and a teacher of the Gentiles. For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed and persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Who fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus? That good thing which was committed unto thee keep by the Holy Ghost which dwells in us. Amen. 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 And so according to the power that's vested in me, I charge you this day in the presence of these witnesses. First, that you recognize the gift, that the calling to be a pastor is a gift, and that the gift is in you. Not to be fearful, but a gift that is powerful, a gift that gives you sound mind, a gift that enables you to be compassionate. Recognize the gift of God. Secondly, expect, according to verse 8, there are some afflictions in the gospel. Expect to experience afflictions of the gospel. Sometimes we think it's just smooth sailing. And there will be no hardships, no bumps in the road. But the scripture tells you, expect some afflictions in the gospel. Thirdly, realize that your calling is holy. You're not called by man. You're called by a holy God. Therefore, your calling is holy. And what do we mean by it's holy? It is pure. It is righteous. Which means you have to live, that word is coming up again, with integrity, holiness unto the Lord. So when your parishioners see you in the church, or they see you in the, in the street, they see you at the mall, you are the same person representing the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Know whom you have believed. Not just know it, but know him who you have believed. And in knowing him, that goes to such a depth. The riches of his love. If we know him, we are going to walk in his word. We are going to demonstrate that we trust him. We are going to demonstrate that we believe him. All because we know him. In the scripture we are told of... Adam knowing Eve, and this one knowing that, and but we're talking about that deep, the depth of a personal relationship with the God that you are representing in front of all these people, that he has given you some sheep that you have to take care of, know him in such a way that when hardships come, you will know that he is the God who sees and understands. He sits on the circle of the earth, so nothing passes his eyes. He has a per perspective that we don't, but we have to know him with our heart. 
and there is some fellowship in his suffering. Fellowship in his suffering. Expect those afflictions are going to come. The afflictions that come with the gospel. But because you know him, you will weather the storm. And trust him that he who has started a good work in you. Because this is a good work. You are taking people and leading them into kingdom relationship. So they can become citizens of the heavenly kingdom. It's a great responsibility that should not be taken lightly. When we sing the song, I give myself to you, I usually think, wait a minute, myself doesn't even belong to me in the first place. So how come I'm saying I give myself to you? I yield, I surrender, I lay it all at your feet. And when the battles come, you weather the storm and you look to the Almighty, the hills from whence comes your help. And the final thing I want to say is, Hold fast, cling, embrace, find security in the word of God. Hold fast to sound words, not wishy-washy, not today I love him and tomorrow I don't. Not today I will obey his voice and tomorrow uh, that's too great Lord. No, hold on to sound words, sound doctrine, knowing who has called you. And so I pre present this to you both. Run with it, walk with it, sleep with it, embrace it, regurgitate it. It's the word of God. with it. We charge them at this time to preach your word, 
in season and out of season. In the name of Jesus, we present them to you, Lord, and we endeavor to lift them up before you, that when the journey gets weary, Lord, when their feet would nigh slip, we promise, O oh God, that we will lift them up, encourage their hearts, Father, that though the battle might be strong and the conflict sore, but if they will hold on and wait a little longer, you will take them through to the promised land. And so, Father, whatever you have in store for New Life Horizon Church, we embrace it, we call it into existence in the name of Jesus. Every, every vessel that should come along their path, Lord, may your anointing be so strong on them that when people come back, they will feel your anointing and will honor and glorify your name. Because truly, Father, you will be exalted in their life. And for everyone who will come into the kingdom because of them, we bless you and we give you thanks in advance. Because great is their reward if only they endure to the end. So we declare this night that they will endure in the name of Jesus. We give you thanks. Amen and amen. You may rise. And now um, the ordination certificate, it says, this certifies that Kirk Cameron and Avril Green Cameron has responded to the call of God to Christian ministry and having satisfied all the biblical requirements for ordination as pastor, we have given careful examination as to the moral character, soundness of doctrine, and leadership qualifications of this person for the work of the ministry. Do hereby award this certificate. Hepzibah Online Evangelistic Ministries, Humble, Texas. On this 16th day of February in the year 2019. come and present them this time. <laughs> Go ahead. Church, 
first anniversary, February 16, 2019, presented by Hesper's Online Evangelistic Ministry, better known as Home. Let the fire begin. celebrate, because celebrate means I'm saying, yes, I'm here. But I'm saying, God, this is the beginning of a journey. And I know God is going to be with me. He never calls us to where he will not. So, so I dare to say to him tonight, God, like Moses, we cannot go if you do not go with us. tonight we have a little token we want to offer. My friend in Jamaica made a token. We designed a token that we want you to remember. So every time you see you can go ahead and give one to everyone. It speaks about the plan, the promise and the purpose of God. For every time you see it, remember God has a plan for you. And his word promises that whatever he, he has in store for you, you will receive. But above all, he wants to see his character in you as you walk into your purpose. telling us to plant the church. We didn't know. We said, God, where am I going to know people from? But Carlene, I want you to stand. Cheryl, wherever you are, and my mother, stand. So these are our directors. Come, Cheryl, come close. And come close. Persons who we prayed and we chose. 
to pray with us and to pray for us. But as we trusted God and obeyed Him, that day too will be with us. And so, I just pronounce a blessing over you, Carly. Cheryl, my mother. And we pronounce a blessing over you. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for just being there through our ups and our downs. We thank you for believing that God could actually use us. Because that's the thing. The fact that you signed your signature, you're saying, I believe God could actually use those people. And so I just want to thank you for trusting what God can or could do in us and to bring us this far. This is only the beginning of the journey. But I want you to also remember, ladies, that come this year, we're going to be hitting the ground. We're going to be doing retreats because we must know our purposes. We must know God's plan and his promises to us. We need to grow. Come, sister. Come, sister Freda. Come stand beside us and let the Holy Spirit through you move upon us. So let me pray over you first before you pray over us so that you'll be filled. So when you pray, you don't pray from a place of emptiness. But you pray in overflowing, overflowing, overflowing. So Father, I just thank you right now in the name of Jesus and that your daughter is about to pray over us as the people. That the words from your heart to her heart will be clear. That you will fill her, Father, so what she speaks is your word. Father, you know her plan, the plan you have for her. You know her thoughts. You know the questions she needs to be answered. You know every detail about freedom. And so fill her, Father, as she speaks with confidence from the throne of grace. Fill her, God, as she has no inhibitions, no, she lacks no courage. What manner of love is this that he bestowed upon you, his people? What manner of love is this that he's lavished on you? His people. It does not yet appear 
what you shall be. But when he shall appear in your bedroom, at your office, in your prayer time, in your worship, when he shall appear, you shall be as he is. And this hope purifies you. As he is, new life arises. So you are in the earth. Greater is he in you, in you, in you, in you, in you, in you, in you. Greater is he in you than he in all of your worlds. He's working through you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Not yours, his. Because you are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So abide in him and he'll abide in you. your habitation and he will abide in you and work through you and move through you. Say it. You have what you say. Think it as you think in your heart so are you. It's a new order now. You are the new breed. You are the special forces in this land of multi-congregations. You are the special teams. Yeah, new life. Horizon. Seek with your whole heart. With everything you are, and you will become as He is in this earth, says the Lord of Grace. I speak now from the function of an apostle to build and tear down, build, but tear down, build, tear down the groves. Tear down the delusions. Tear down the religions. Tear down the build, the kingdom, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Tear down and build. Because he do know the plans he has for you. To prosper you. Shabbat. And give you hope for a future. Not tomorrow. Now. It's right now. Your faith is now. 
It ain't coulda, woulda, shoulda. Might is now, is now, is now. Change your mind is now, now, now. It's acceptable here now, 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 now. See it now, Dr. Kurt. See it now. What he's showing you now, it is so. He's going to take the invisible and exchange what you see. It's in the word. That's how he functions. Hear thou this, says the Lord. Could you hear this? Could you accept this? Could you be as I am in the earth? You already said yes. You already said yes. establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began, but now made manifest, and by the prophetic scriptures has been made known to all nations, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, for obedience to the faith, to God, alone, wise, be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. Amen.